0: Welcome to Fringe, gentlemen. Here on the Four Forty Sports Network, my name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall.
1: Mine's Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Aaron Dugan or Instagram Aaron underscore Dugan.
0: If you're watching on YouTube, please rate, review, subscribe, check us out, subscribe, all that great stuff on YouTube. You'll see Aaron rocking her Will Levis hat. Diehard Tennessee Titans fans, Kentucky Wildcat fan, Aaron Dugan, rocking the Will Levis hat on the pod today. Okay, I have so- a lot
1: of Levi's gear, so it really is going to translate well for me.
0: Will Levi's, the new starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans
1: and fashion designer.
0: Uh, lots of fun stuff uh, to do today on the show. Of course, the NFL draft. We've got a couple of nuggets about the NFL draft. Florida Gators State of the Union with David Waters of Gators Breakdown. Uh, I think Florida, Aaron, is going to be like one of those teams that I think I'm going to ask everyone in the world. Like, hey, have a take. Don't suck. Because I think everyone's going to be like six and six. I don't know. And I think there's mm-hmm. gonna be a there's gonna be a few media people that are gonna go big time and call like eight wins, and then a few media people that are gonna be like total bust, four or five wins. But I don't. I think those will be minorities. I think the most most everyone's gonna take the easy way out and say, oh, six and six for Florida. So we're gonna do. I think they're fascinating. I don't know about you. Uh, media but I think-
1: members doing something to get a rise out of people.
0: <laughs> I don't, don't know. know. I think anything about that. I think they're going to be soft. I think most media is going to be like mm.
1: wants to steer away from guessing wrong.
0: Yes, because I they think don't fl- know. Yes, because I think Florida is just so bizarre. I think they're very I'm pulling bizarre. up
1: their schedule while you're talking.
0: It's very bizarre team, difficult schedule, lots of really good teams on the schedule, lots of questions on the roster. But we're going to talk to David Waters a little bit later on in our Florida State of the Union. Um, the Alabama Crimson Tide went into the portal to get a quarterback. Why? We'll discuss that coming up a little bit later on. Amongst all the other bizarro headlines that are taking place, of course, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. uh, The SEC permanent rivals have been reported on by Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated. So we've got some quick thoughts on that. And again, some NFL draft nuggets here to start. And I've got, by the way, here here you go. For you South Carolina folks, that I know you think I did something, like you guys did something wrong to me.
1: You did do something wrong to them.
0: No, no, that they did something wrong to me and that I can't. That I somehow now hate them, which I do not. It's just not true. I am going to, for you South Carolina people, I've got a miniature rant against Tennessee today. Against a Tennessee quarterback. How about that?
1: Two wrongs make a right, everybody. You heard it here. Thank you, Braden, for I've... that.
0: See, here's the irony of this. Neither one of them is wrong. I'm just right both times. Anyway, okay. NFL... I love
1: working with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> An NFL draft. 17th consecutive time. That the SEC has had the most players drafted. Shocking. 62 players drafted. 65 was last year. 65 the year before that. 65 is the record. So not quite as good as their own record, Aaron. But here's the numbers over the last three years in the SEC. The SEC has had 192 players drafted. That's almost an entire NFL draft. That's a lot. In the last three years. The Big Ten is number two with 147. So like 50 fewer players. The ACC is number three with 96 players. So the SEC has twice as many players drafted as the ACC, same number of teams in the conference. Important to note Pac 12 with 80 players drafted, and the Big 12 with 76 players drafted. The SEC has won the last four national championships. They won like almost all the BCS titles, other than like USC once, Ohio State twice, and Clemson a couple of times. They've won basically everything they they have the most money, the most fans, the most attendance, the most NFL players and the most championships. I just I'm like what else does the like are SEC fans just ever going to be tired of this? I maybe this is a so such a dumb question because I'm in my own head on all of this stuff. Uh, are they going to start rooting for Missouri to win the national championship? Like what 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 exactly is next? Who
1: is they? Because I think you're really um underestimating sec fans need for interest everyone would be happy if their team just blew people out of the water year after year game after game but if so, you're watching the sec as right, a media member or as a spectator just that has a little bit less bias you're like let's make it interesting everybody else is like we'd love to win with like by 45 with like <laughs> I know. injuries
0: Fans like to win championships. I get it. They never get tired of that. I get it. Don't, but although I, do, I, I get
1: tired of watching it.
0: <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I guess Texas and Oklahoma, right? Like, that's the next thing. The next okay. thing is like, oh, let's just have tech. Let's just turn two Big 12 teams that have won two championships in 40 years and let's turn them into national champions. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know what the next thing is because I, I, I know Bama fan is, and this is sort of the beauty of the SEC, like Ole Miss fan to Mississippi State fan are always going to live to beat each other's ass at the end of the year. That's it. Yeah, like that, that's, that's the true. Mo- I, I totally get that. Um, But, like, there's part of me as a fan of the conference, as an alumni of the conference, and as a fan of college football, that now it's just like, let's just see how deep this league can roll is mm-hmm. where I'm at now. Like, I want to see Ole Miss win a national title. Arkansas.
1: I, would, I think you that know? would be so fun if we could get to that place.
0: You know who I want to see. You know who I'm actively rooting to see win a national championship now.
1: Don't make fun of me right now.
0: South Carolina.
1: Oh, see. I'm
0: serious though. Like you're what so else toxic.
1: Is... You're so toxic. No, for them.
0: it's not. It's it's don't not... take
1: them back, Gamecocks. Don't take it's... him back. He doesn't deserve it.
0: It's not fabricated though. I'm serious. Like, and, and again, I, you're right. I'm probably like this is like media galaxy brain here, where I'm just like so bored with the amount of domination that the SEC exhibits. In, mm-hmm. these, in these sort of conference-by-conference conference conversations. Mm-hmm. In almost every single possible metric. And I know that Big Ten fan loves their teams and Pac-12 fan loves their teams. And I get it. But it's just, there's not a single measurement that indicates that the SEC is not far and away the greatest of all time. And now I'm just like, how can we really, really put it out of reach? You know, how can, mean- it, how can we make it Georgia-TCU?
1: Yeah, well,
0: and that would be an Ole Miss South Carolina <laughs> national championship game.
1: <laughs> would I, I don't know if you can go this far yet, but I do think you're just going to have to let the uh, the lack. Well, you got your you got your divisions to go away. You manifested it. Yes, baby. So- Good job, you. You're just going to have to ride on the excitement of, which also if you're an SEC fan, I'm being ADD, but what's new? If you're an SEC fan, you're about to have a new schedule with teams that you're not used to playing in constant rotation. You have a bunch of new stadiums to go check out. Apparently everyone's spending $300 million on things. Vanderbilt, who called me two days ago saying that they are trying to raise (laughs) $3.2 billion for their endowment. And I said, "That's crazy! You guys couldn't pay my salary."
2: Yeah,
0: well, that's that's a. Anyways, we, also, what are do you doing? We can get into, into that story dollars? if you want. Let's <laughs> if not. If you feel like it's time for you to tell that story, we can do it.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's fine. Everything's fine. No hard feelings. But you don't need three point two billion dollars. What I'm saying is that these new stadiums have improvements. There's all sorts of like. Uh, these teams are spending serious money on their facilities and now you have a whole new slew of facilities and places to go tailgate and have fun. So let that hold you over until South Carolina and Ole Miss play for a championship, which I don't know what year you think that's going to be in, but
0: well, and one of of the older talking points too was always like, yeah, the sec is the best, but they never had the quarterbacks. Like that was always one of the things that like other people, like pac 12 had great quarterbacks the big 12 had great quarterbacks. It's like, oh, they just never had great quarterbacks. Uh, uh, Bryce Young went, went number one. Uh, Anthony Richardson went number four. And then Will Levis goes goes 33. Hendon Hooker goes in the third round. Stetson Bennett goes in the fourth round. They just had like a boatload of dudes drafted. Um, and I've got a rant for, again, for you Tennessee people, because this is partly why I love college football and why I love the SEC and why I love, like, just the, the fact that people hold on for dear life. The only reason Tennessee Titans, I'm mean, we, we're here in Nashville, the only reason Tennessee Titans fans do not like Will Levis is because many of them are Tennessee Volunteers fans and the only reason Tennessee Volunteers fans don't like Will Levis has nothing to do with his play on the field because Tennessee whipped that ass it has nothing to do like it has nothing to do with Hendon Hooker being worse than him because Hendon Hooker was the far better college player I voted for Hendon Hooker in the Heisman definitely not Will Levis like Hendon Hooker's a way more likable person than Will Levis in general like yeah. there's no reason for Tennessee fans to hate Will Levis except for one Will Levis got more love from the NFL draft scouts from the NFL media for the entire season like it's just it's so SEC again it's galaxy brain that SEC fan you Tennessee Volunteers fans are incapable of acknowledging that Hendon Hooker was the better college quarterback and that Will Levis is clearly the better pro prospect it they are two different things and it's okay it's okay Tennessee fans Will Levis
1: Break that down for Tennessee fans. And I'd like to hear your reasoning. I have my own theories, but well, about why there is such a difference. Why is Will Levis so much of a better fit or better pro prospect than Hendon Hooker?
0: I, I mean, it has it has a lot to do with – it's kind of to do with everything. Will Levis is like a year and a half younger. Uh, Levis played in a pro-style offense with an NFL coordinator. He's got yep. a pro-caliber skill set, whereas Hendon Hooker's got a slightly different skill set. Not much, but slightly different skill set. Physically, Josh Heupel's offense cannot be executed on the NFL field like the football fields are different. And the way Tennessee runs its offense, the reason Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman also fell in the draft is Mm -hmm. to some degree is because they have certain formations and offenses, which, by the way, have never translated to the NFL. Not one quarterback. Mm -hmm. Drew Locke was a a bust, a bust in the NFL, ran Josh Heupel system at Missouri, broke SEC records. It doesn't mean it can't be done. It doesn't mean I don't love Hendon Hooker. It doesn't mean Hendon Hooker is not an awesome dude. I, I want Hendon Hooker on my team, but the statistical probability of a quarterback running Josh Heupel's offense, who probably isn't going to start because he's coming off an ACL injury until he's twenty six years old,
1: I think that's a big part of it.
0: Turning into a superstar in the NFL level is just not that big. Like Texas, if if college box scores is how we decided NFL pro prospects, Josh Allen would be garbage. Patrick Mahomes would be garbage. Aaron Rodgers would be garbage because all their college box scores are questionable. You know whose box scores are great? Tim couch, (laughs) you know, like Will Rogers box score is extraordinary because he runs Mike Leach's offense. Does that mean he's going to be a better pro prospect than, you know, whoever pick a name? I don't know. KJ. I don't know. Pick a name.
1: There have also been on the other side of that. I mean, you're right. All of those for all of those reasons. And I think it brings up an interesting question of as someone, you know, with like things going on in the transfer portal, as someone with NFL potential, how cognizant do you have to be about where you end your college career? And can you show because did you just end up in a system that it de- wouldn't really work well for NFL on paper, but you have the capability to run a different kind of offense, more similar to what Kentucky was doing. And how important is it for you to be in the right place at the right time as your college career is coming to an end? And uh, will we see more of that? Yeah, I don't and, and
0: know. I, no, I think it's a good question. Like Anthony Richardson, it's it would be fascinating if Richardson and Leb and uh, Hendon Hooker had been in different places. Yeah, because because Bill Napier's offense, fa- infamously or famously put way too much on Richardson's shoulders. They were asking him to do way too much, extraordinary complex offense, ton of stuff pre-snap, just really complicated stuff for a guy who literally had started one game coming into the season. And at times it showed his accuracy was an issue, but his skill set and his upside are just, it's just obvious. It's off the charts. Whereas Henan Hooker is asked to do almost nothing in the offense, which makes it effective because that's what makes it go so fast and so clean. And and also the spacing on the field and all this other stuff. Again, I want Hendon out of all these guys. Who do I want to marry my daughter, Hendon Hooker? Hendon Hooker. He's the guy I voted for the Heisman. He was the best college player. He's the best dude. He's the guy I want babysitting my kids. But like, it doesn't make him a better pro prospect. And you want Tennessee fans. Your daughter fans, to
1: marry their babysitter?
0: Yeah, maybe in like ten years. Well, maybe. Okay. Um, I, I just.
1: Your daughter will be fourteen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. No. No. Sixteen. Also weird. Um, it's just I I don't. Tennessee fans I love you so much
2: but it's just it's, re- it's a ahead.
0: rare it's a well it's this rare amalgamation of like our guy was great your guy sucks and now this guy is gonna play for my NFL team and it's just mm-hmm. a weird puzzle that fits together to create I hate Will Levis
1: <laughs> I think it'll it, it just takes a few feel-good moments and oh State yeah Stadium oh sure for that to go away yeah. I mean yeah.
0: he wins whatever he wins one playoff game and nobody gives a shit.
1: <laughs> it is hard to, yeah, when you have such a beloved college figure like Hindenhooker Hooker and then it doesn't translate the way that you want it to, you can't keep rooting for him. It is like a hard pill to swallow. But I will say there's a lot of factors and that NFL scouts and all these teams are using to try. There's so much money involved that I guarantee you they're pulling out every single scientific yep. stat, everything like scenario they possibly can. And then, I mean, even then, though, we have seen. We have seen scouts and teams miss serious talent and let them fall because they did try, I think, sometimes to base it too much on whatever. It's like a banker giving you a loan. It's like they want to see proof. It's like, well, you can, you know, you can tell them everything but potential and And, sometimes they miss the mark.
0: And quarterback is very much also about the interviews. It's about conversations. It's about getting to know people as, as much Mental as it is about stamina, everything else. stamina,
1: all of that. Which, again, Car- Hendon Hooker,
0: which is to me the only reason Hendon Hooker even got drafted in the third round is because he probably aced all of that stuff.
1: Oh, he's I'm like a-, a franchise guy. I mean, yes. you, you sell a million yes. trillion jerseys. You can put him in front of yep. any camera anytime. any time. Yep. I mean, you need I was that.
0: surprised since Stetson Bennett got picked in the fourth round. I was surprised about that. Um, but my favorite joke on Twitter over the weekend was uh i can't i I forgot who said it but i gotta i wish i could give him credit for it but (laughs) great move by the lions having hendon hooker mentor jared goff (laughs) (laughs) because he's old and smart and wise and jared goff didn't know and jared goff famously during hard knocks did not know where the sun set um but jared goff's being he's all right a
1: couple friends like that
0: jared goff's all right he's okay um so I, I just I just found it interesting the quarterbacks and the draft. I don't know what else is there to say about SEC teams and fans and superiority and et cetera, et cetera. Maybe we I definitely don't think we should be chanting SEC though. Like that that doesn't make any sense because Tennessee fan rooting for Georgia to win a championship actually hurts Tennessee's chances at winning a championship. So I've never understood that one though. That that it one never it's got.
1: like a little it's kind of it's a little bandwagony. Yeah. Like it's like calling it's your like,
0: cousin hot. Nope. Please. You didn't like that? Uh, all right. Permanent rivals were leaked. Uh, we're not kind of we, we spent so much time on this. It is like my favorite thing in the world, Aaron.
1: Like, we can talk about people that got screwed and people that have were delivered a fairly light load and then we can move on.
0: It's it's one of my favorite. I I love for some reason scheduling. And again, we also got the schedule for the college football playoffs. Oh, I thought well. you were gonna say
1: you didn't want to do it. I was like, this is kind of like your jam.
0: No, no, it's my favorite thing, but we've done it so often that I'm trying not to like spend okay, who, like an who hour on the, it.
1: Who got the luckiest? Um, for their three I, opponents in the three six <sighs> six three, whatever.
0: Well, luckiest based on like how good they should be, or luckiest just in general. Because I mean, like,
1: like, who got off the easiest right now? Like,
0: well, I mean, Ole Miss will play Mississippi State, Arkansas, and LSU. That's, that's not, not that easy. That's not, but that's like one of the easiest sets of three. But that's also okay for me because Ole Miss is not a team that wins championships, despite our our trying to. Will them to victory this this episode like mm-hmm. you, you see it like Missouri will play Oklahoma, Arkansas and Vanderbilt. That's one of the easier paths, but I'm OK with that because it's Missouri.
1: Yeah, Arkansas you know I mean? gets Missouri, Ole Miss, Texas, also not even close to the worst as of right.
0: now. Right. Uh, exactly. Of the best, like Alabama has by far the toughest trio of of opponents. Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee. Like, I think that's three of the they're one of the only programs on here that got all three big boys. Quote unquote big boys, which is like the nine teams that have won a national championship since integration. <laughs> uh mm-hmm. Alabama's the only one. Auburn gets Alabama and Georgia, which is insane. But then Vanderbilt. So they get one no no, no offense, Aaron, but they get the easiest. You're not team. offending me. They get the easiest team. I actually think Tennessee got a really easy draw. If you're going to give them Alabama, South Carolina and I Vanderbilt. I think they got a
1: sneaky easy draw unless yeah. unless South Carolina starts, you know, really taking their taking it from like a making a bowl to like winning nine games. But,
0: I think they did a great job. I agree with you. I think they did a great job of pairing up all the things that matter the most in the West. I think they screwed up a lot of things in the East. Like Taking away Florida Tennessee is a is a if you're a Florida fan and we're going to talk about this with David Waters coming up. But like if you're a Florida fan, if you do not have, you know LSU, permanent rival crossover for almost thirty years. You don't have Mm -hmm. Tennessee, which has decided divisions and championships on every level for twenty five years, and you don't have Kentucky, permanently. That's a lot of like tradition. And Auburn, by the way, Florida Auburn has a lot of history pre nineteen ninety two you've taken like four of their top five rivals off their schedule and they do have Oklahoma and Florida, which would be a great new game for the conference. Mm-hmm. And South Carolina is a fun game for them. And Georgia's the cocktail party. It's great. But like Florida's feels a little weird. We'll talk again. We'll
2: talk a little bit Florida's more about it is later. Weird.
1: Honestly, Vanderbilt feels weird to me. We're not used to playing Auburn. I'm like, what do we yeah. do with that? And then yeah. Missouri is not exciting. Like we always have played Ole Miss. It's always been our crossover and it's always a close game. So I'll be bummed about, that one. I mean, maybe that's not really one you talk about. You talk about Vanderbilt, Tennessee. No, but, but
0: the most bow ties ever at a game is Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. Like
1: so douchey.
0: No question. I didn't say douchey. I meant like preppy. I did. Well, I didn't mean it that way. I just mean like they're the two. Like uh, if we're going to wear suits to a game, it's going to be Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. Like those are the two programs that would do it. I, I I think you guys did get screwed, frankly. Vanderbilt having to play Tennessee and Auburn as the quote unquote worst team in the in the league out of sixteen to have to play. Two of the, the top teams, and again, yeah. top teams meaning like the top eight or nine, sure, they don't have like a Georgia or an Alabama or you know LSU, but that also could be short sighted. Like in five years, yeah. it could be it could be Tennessee and Auburn that are running this conference in five years. You just don't know what's gonna happen.
1: I know. I feel like either putting South Carolina or Ole Miss in there would have made yeah. more sense to me, but
0: I, I agree with that. South Carolina gets Florida, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Okay, that feels cool. I like that. I like that. That's like um,
1: right in the middle, unless I mean, but it's still difficult. Like Florida and Kentucky are good, yeah. but they're not like absolute mark the L on your calendar.
0: No, I mean Florida, Tennessee, and Kentucky. I mean that again. That's I just think that's good quality football. And again, also have to say this every time, they're all going to play every other team that's not listed on these three permanent rivals as twice every four years, so, like, you're still going to play. So, every- it's,
1: like, it's going to be fine.
0: It, to your point about the Ole Miss-Vanderbilt game, the Kentucky-Mississippi State game, I think, was protected. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of a weird one. So, you, you know, like, uh, it's not going to be perfect. You can't make it perfect. You, you can't make, make everybody happy. You cannot yeah. make everybody happy, except for Texas. <laughs>
1: Texas, Texas yeah. gets its three God. biggest rivals.
0: It gets its three biggest rivals. It's tough.
1: I mean, it's really tough. That's A&M, true. Oklahoma,
0: Arkansas, it, th- there was no way they weren't going to to give those and then Oklahoma, Missouri, of course, they were going to play those two because old, old big 12 rivalry there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So like, there's some I stuff mean, that they, makes they a lot did of a sense.
1: Good jo- yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know how you really do it better than that, but it's, I still have some questions, but whatever.
0: I, I would make some small tweaks around the edges. Uh, here's the one thing we can't agree on. I think, I don't know what you think about this. The fact that there are, there are even still rumblings, rumors. One, if there is one report about a one in seven, eight game model, And they don't go to this three and six, which for almost every reason is terrible, except for like the worst two or three teams in the league trying to get to bowl eligibility. Uh, Every conceivable reason this league has is to go to the nine game schedule and to go to the three and six model. It's it's it is 10 times better than the one and seven. And that that I at least feel very comfortable saying.
1: I that's where I think we'll end up, right?
0: Yeah, I, I I hope so. I I hope so. There were some, there's some like tremors of like, Oh, but what about the one in seven? And I'm like, God dang it.
1: Uh, It's like, (laughs) honestly, like from a TV perspective, there's just so many more storylines when you have some consistency. And I know that might seem minuscule in the large, like, but nothing about TV is, is takes about backseat to anything. I just think it is about telling a story. And if you, if you keep some tradition and try or try to build new ones, yeah, TV broadcasts are going to be better. And I I think that matters.
0: Season ticket sales will be better. Uh, Better resumes to get into the playoff. More money can be made from TV partners because games are going to be better. Like there's just there's again, Vanderbilt wants to get to bowl eligibility. I get that. And having to play a ninth conference game makes it harder on them. I get that. Um, But (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Buy your way out of it. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, kidding. I'm being nasty today. All right. So, uh, quickly let's, we got, we'll get to Florida here in just a second, but we got to touch on Bama cause they went and got Tyler Buckner out of the transfer portal from Notre Dame, a guy that was very highly uh, touted going into Notre Dame was going to be the starting quarterback was sort of the heir apparent to Ian book who left to go to the NFL after a couple of playoff appearances. And Buckner was for all intents and purposes, the guy after Brian Kelly left to take over, he gets hurt. He does not play as much last year. He transfers to Alabama. Backstory here is Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson are battling to replace Bryce Young, of course. Um, All I've always been on the Ty Simpson will win the game, win the job because he wants him to go down the field. Enter Tommy Reese, who's now the new offensive coordinator, who was at Notre Dame coaching Tyler Buckner, and it does begin to raise some questions about, like, is Alabama? They just went through spring practice. Are they concerned about maybe the development of Simpson or Milrow? I don't. From what I've gathered, I don't think that's the case. I think this is about competition. There's mm-hmm. some weird. There's some weird quotes out there uh, about like they want to find their Stetson Bennett to keep the car on the in the lane or something like that, which I think makes absolutely no What's sense
1: because
0: Stetson Bennett was a world class playmaker that gets a bad rap. <laughs> so, yeah. So I don't think you call. What's uh, the car
1: in the lane thing mean?
0: I just. I, I think it's sort of like, hey, just sit behind the wheel and don't crash the car. You know what I mean? Like, which again is not a description of Stetson Bennett in any way, shape, or form. No. They were trailing by two touchdowns to Ohio State and Stetson Bennett made plays. Like, I, I don't know what you I, like. Again, I didn't I didn't I feel I, like
1: very dismissive of his talent, but
0: bingo. Okay. I think I, I think it was a very bizarre comment. But the reason the comment was made and the reason on three reported that is because clearly Saban went and got competition. Tommy Reese probably stood on a table for his guy and said, I want to bring in Tyler Buckner. I think he could be better than both these guys. So it's going to be a fascinating twist in this quarterback battle. While at the same time, Aaron, let me read some headlines for you coming out of Tuscaloosa. (laughs) Alabama baseball coaches, trainer sued by former player. Ohio sports book halts bets on Alabama baseball, looking into suspicious activity. (laughs) Alabama deputy athletic director Matt self arrested on domestic violence charge. That's all within the last couple of weeks.
1: It's getting worse.
0: (laughs) This is what is happening at Alabama. I don't even have any comments.
1: If I had to compare it to something, it sounds like
0: they have a culture problem.
1: (laughs) Just like a really like a bachelor party gone wrong in Vegas. It's like someone decided to sue someone that they weren't really close to, but they pissed him off at the wrong time. There's betting <laughs> drama. And then someone like you, someone beat up their girlfriend and it's like, what her, you guys her. shouldn't have gone to Vegas. You weren't ready <laughs> all, for Vegas. Yeah.
0: All of this is like a weekend for Aaron with her friends. Cause she lives in, in- influencer world with like reality TV stars. Uh, um, minus that, minus that so last my one. My friends don't minus that last beat one. each other. <laughs> yeah. Minus the last one.
1: <laughs> and um, none of them so far have sued each other, but. That's we'll give it a year. Or two Are you now. sure? <laughs> I'd have to think about it, but yeah, I don't think she, so. <laughs> she, took
0: a se- she took a second. I find what's interesting. I find what's really interesting is that the gambling thing was picked up so fast by like this integrity, like this integrity board in Vegas. And then the Ohio sports book pulls it off the board super fast. I guess it was the Bama LSU game this weekend. And they're like the- one of the pitchers was pulled off before he was supposed to start, you know, on Sunday or something like that they go up LSU goes up big bama comes storming back but the game had been pulled off the board i find it actually quite reassuring as someone who also likes to wager occasionally that i think if anything ever got into football basketball it's way too easy to to de- like to detect i think I, mm-hmm. if one player's throwing the game there's only 10 out there it's another yeah. thing like if if one of these quarterbacks in the sec is on the take or is throwing games or or whatever I just feel like someone's gonna, if they if they can pull a college baseball game off the board in a matter of hours because of quote suspicious activity, mm-hmm. there's there's no way we're going to have quote unquote you know throwing of shaving points in college football because I think that shit would be figured out. This is part of the beauty of it being legalized is that people are going to learn about this shit real fast.
1: Oh yeah. Well and also just th- I mean it who freaking knows? I mean we don't even know anything that begins to grace the surface of what's going on but now I'm like everything going on with AI and stuff like all this stuff coming I mean I I can't even I don't get it I just don't
0: it was it was actually chat GPT earlier that said something about its cousin not me it was not me Uh, I what I think is interesting is like I also don't have a problem with people gambling on their teams to win like I don't is that weird to say like the whole Pete Rose thing where he like bet on his own team to win games I'm like what, Wait, that like makes it more
1: fun. You're going
0: to go out there and play harder? Like I, I that's okay to me. I I honestly it doesn't
1: Oh, uh, okay. Yes, I'm with you. For some reason that wasn't yeah. registering right off the No, um, it's like
0: it's like if a if, if you know, if Alabama is favored by 17 and a half against Arkansas on the road and all of a sudden Bryce Young throws a pick 6 on the last play and they win by 14 you know, that's where I'm going, wait a second, that that's not good. Like th- what what happened? Now the difference is, is that they're also not college kids that are like scrapping for their own food anymore, which is also a major difference changer in this environment that we live in. They're all driving hundred thousand dollar Jeeps. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a right. lot of reasons why I think I'm like I'm totally comfortable with gambling on college football because I think it's totally on the up and up. Am I naive?
1: No. Not at all. I okay. I never got to bet when I was working in collegiate sports, and so I I think it's so fun. But the newness hasn't worn off.
0: Yeah, not not at all.
2: I in but fact, also it's... when
1: you win on a when you win two grand on a seven way uh, SEC parlay one, when you bet one time. ten dollars. So
0: yep. I know. I told you. I told you. Know, my that dad. Number, I'm really that...
1: good at betting. <laughs>
0: Folks that are listening, rate, review, subscribe. The number that she won has gone from four hundred to seven hundred to fourteen hundred to two grand in the in a matter of a year. It actually wasn't two
1: grand; it was seventeen hundred. But it was a back. five-way parlay. I said seven for. See, two, just the
0: story, just the mythology. Well, of, I'm of admitting
1: Ayrton's. it. Five five seconds later, so it's, it's I wasn't going to take it to the grave. Five-way parlay, seventeen hundred. Not okay.
0: bad. I need a receipt, dog. I need a receipt. Okay, for that I got it. All right, snap for me, that. Show me the receipts. Um. In either way, I think it's interesting. Are you concerned, Bama? You B- Bama Bama quarterback situation? You you concerned about before we get to Florida, are you uh is this just, hey, we want some good competition, we want a, a yes. veteran presence, somebody that Tommy Reese knows, or are you actually concerned that hey, maybe L S U should be the favorite in the West because Alabama's quarterback situation no. isn't as good as we I thought. Would-
1: I would never leap that far just because of that. I do think LSU is going to be really good, but I don't think I would, I would make that leap based on them bringing in another quarterback. I think it has a lot to do with the previously established relationship and also exactly what you mentioned with Nick Saban. I mean, it could have gone a few different ways, but I picture, um, you know, the talent being sold to him. It's like, I really want to bring this guy in talking about his new OC. He's like, okay, why? I'm sure he gave him full rundown and then, Saban, no matter if he's gonna start or not, is like fuck it. You yeah, know? I mean, like, I agree with that. Let's bring, like, let's try it out. And I mean, we've seen Nick Saban utilize multiple quarterbacks in a very productive way, um, uh, in the not so distant past. So good, I think there's an opportunity to maybe, you know, for multiple people to have play a role on that team. But I think competition had a lot to do with it. I would assume.
0: I thought it was interesting that he went into the portal as like, and he sort of announced, like, don't contact me, which you can do. I'm going to contact, like, don't call me, I'll call you. And it basically indicating that he sort of is going to be extremely particular about where he wanted to go and who he was interested in. Don't, I don't want to waste your time. Don't, don't reach out to me. I'll reach out to you and we'll talk. And then, like, a day later, he's at Alabama. So like it felt very pre pre organized, um, premeditated, whatever you want to call it. Not in, like a nefarious way, but just like, hey, uh, he probably texts his old quarterback coach, his, his old OC. Hey Tommy, Tommy, uh, what do you think about Jalen and Ty? Are they as good as you think they are? Or do you want me to come down there and ratchet up the competition? And honestly, I mean-
1: there's v- it's very possible that a text just like that was sent. Right. and just, Tommy's like, like half shit talking and like.
0: Right, right. And, oh, you and Tom- think
1: they're that good? All right, try it out.
0: <laughs> and Tommy's like, "Come on down, dude, the more the merrier. Let's go." And Nick Saban's like, "Fuck if I care."
1: <laughs> or Tommy could have been like, "You're going to get your ass beat, and I can't wait to watch it." But if you want. Yeah. But it would have been all it would've been all friendly banter, I'm sure, but also, you kind of got to give him a nod, even if it felt like a little premeditated. I mean, maybe he just was That's trying fine. not to waste other people's time.
0: Oh, I, I I think both things can be true. Uh, also, he probably said, do your effing job, which is like the most famous Tommy Reese visual of all time, where he's on, mm-hmm. the, he's on the phone just screaming, do your fucking job. <laughs> Got the his point across. Oh, it's so funny. So funny. Go If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, search Tommy Reese GIF, probably. GIF. I think it's pronounced GIF. The, it's GIF. The, well, the creator calls it GIF. So,
1: Who's the creator?
0: The person who invented it. Who is that? Calls it a GIF. Just Google it. You... I don't know the person's name. Do you do you doubt? Da- do you doubt me on this? Do you doubt me? Do you doubt me? If doubt me. Do you know
1: how to pronounce it or not?
0: Doubt me right now. The the creator calls I know it GIF.
1: I I don't end up down weird internet sewers. Like it's on do, so.
0: CNN.com. <laughs> like, it's not some like receipts, please. This, this is not this is not Discord or 4chan. Okay. We're not we're not in the uh the darkest corners of the of the dark web here. It's just like the guy who created it calls it a GIF like the peanut butter. Anyway. All right. It's Florida Gators. Before we get to David Waters of Gators Breakdown, I, I I don't have a ton to say. I I will admit that I am one of those media members that has no clue what to expect out of the Florida Gators. That mm-hmm. I, if, if it sounds like I'm copping out, that's fine. I don't have a clue. I, there's, there's a lot to like about Florida always and Billy Napier, and there's a lot of questions.
1: Yeah. I, I I feel about Florida, like not the chaotic question mark that I normally do with LSU, but they're kind of filling that that niche for me of, I don't really know what to do with you, but it's not in like a bad way of like, I don't know if your administration and your program can get their shit together. Kind of like you got the talent, but I don't know what you're going to do bad. It's like, I just don't know if you're there yet or if it's going to take it a little longer.
0: I think that chaos angle is interesting because Auburn is obviously the poster child. LSU is there. Tennessee's like that as well. I find. I think you're absolutely. This is. I hadn't thought about this, but I think you're right that it is. It's more just like maybe they're not good enough. Yeah. It's not that there's chaos or culture problems or any yeah. of this other stuff. It's just like, oh, maybe they're just not that good. And yeah,
1: it feels like a just a a bill. It just feels like it's building to me. It doesn't feel like yeah. it's gonna hit the fan because people are doing weird shit.
0: (laughs) Well, and David has a really interesting comment in our conversation. When I asked him about expectations, he had a very interesting answer about how the fans are acting today versus how they were acting at this time last year. So very interesting stuff from David. So with that in mind, that's called a tease with that in mind, uh, here was our conversation. Our Florida state of the union post spring, avert your eyes and ears, Florida Gators fans. (laughs) Here Uh was our conversation with David waters of Gators breakdown. David, welcome to the show, man. Always good to see you. Always good to have you. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Man, trying to just keep up with everything. Post-spring practice, transfer portal, I mean, it just, it never stops. Uh, I mean, look, now with the transfer portal, we kind of got an NFL calendar in a way now with college football. I mean, NFL, you know, has has that so well put together calendar. Well, the calendar needs some work in college football, but now there's there, there is more some there is more content. They just gotta you know help these coaches out a little bit. I know they get paid a whole lot of money, but man, it is it's never it's never ending right now.
0: If we could just put all 14, maybe 16 coaches into a room at the same table while they select the three permanent rivals in real oh. time on camera, sign me up. Um yeah. all right, and actually, you know what? I'm gonna ask you about that a little bit later on in our conversation. Okay. But but I want to start with uh sort of a A combo question about the draft that's packaged with the offense of Billy Napier and Anthony Richardson. So I guess the first question is just like Titans fans here in Nashville are very upset about Will Levis. Uh, Obviously CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, extremely talented. Richardson might have the highest ceiling of all of them. So why is Anthony Richardson going to be an excellent NFL quarterback? Why is it that he will reach that potential? But then I want to package that with what is it about the offense last year? Billy Napier putting so much stuff on his plate that maybe allowed him to maybe not play as fast, or for the offense to be stagnant at times. Again, we'll get to personnel issues, but I don't know if that question makes sense. But why is Anthony Richardson worth the fourth th- the fourth overall pick, and and maybe why did the offense struggle as much as it did at times last year?
2: Yeah, for, first of all, I think you've probably got to put it into it was only his what he started thirteen games. He started the one game uh, in twenty one versus Georgia, which was you know. go was going to be a disaster uh and it turned out to be a disaster and then you know finally got the starting quarterback role uh in in a, in a new offense and an offense that I think um He was able to take advantage when Florida wanted to go deep. Uh, He has the arm strength to to, to do that. They unlocked Justin Shorter as a downfield option last year. Uh, But then it was kind of the short intermediate throws where Anthony Richardson really struggled. A lot of the slants that I think he's going to have to hit in the NFL. His next step of his progression as a quarterback needs to be that short intermediate uh, passing game that he just really strode in in college and I know you mentioned Personnel I think Personnel had something to do with it but also he he was inaccurate over uh, over the middle I mean guys would have to slow down to catch a ball or guys or, or passes would be out of reach or if they did catch it they'd have to slow down and catch it in kind of limiting yards after the catch so yeah, I do think this Gator offense could have been a little more explosive if Anthony Richardson would have been a little more accurate in that short of intermediate range so no issues with going down the field I mean we, we've seen that all throughout his career we saw it at the combo by and we saw it His pro day he's going to hit the roof on the on the indoor the arm is no question as far as power goes but he's going to have to learn to tame that arm would know when to take some off be accurate in that short to intermediate range uh and I think Billy Napier's offense kind of you know re- was was limited in the passing game in that regard just because of the limitation of Anthony Richardson not checking down to his running backs at times as well I thought it was you know Florida would have a, a, a running back wide open but Anthony Richardson just seemed Tunnel vision, focus that he wants to go deep, and maybe that's because of what he was confident in. So I do think you know when he goes to the Colts right now, it's going to have to be a confidence uh, in a next step of his progression to hit that short intermediate range and not live off the deep ball.
0: So I guess a lot of the reports, and I think it's pretty obvious, Billy Napier's got a pretty complex offense, and that's thro- that's throwing a lot at a, at, a, at a at an inexperienced player. I'm not going to call him raw. I'm going to call him inexperienced. Yeah. Um, what is it that we think we've learned about Billy Napier's offense? What is it that you think Billy Napier has learned about his offense? Is he going to change or evolve at all going into a year where he does not have the same talent at quarterback, but a similar collection of supporting cast members?
2: Right. I mean, I think an offensive line that's going to be good. Uh, they had to figure out the right side. That right side does worry me coming out of spring football right now. Uh, but, you know, you got two really good running backs. I think Florida is going to lean really, really heavy on uh, but it is that offensive line that I think is going to have to really kind of help their quarterback right here. And, and Graham Mertz was not good under pressure at, at Wisconsin. And I'm not so sure. But I, Florida's offensive line was good last year, but I still ask the question. I still want to know how much was that mass by Anthony Richardson being able to take off or Anthony Richardson be able to avoid a sack. Uh, there was still pressure led up. And then toward the end of the season, I mean, Vanderbilt stuffed this Florida run game, the bowl game, the Oregon state game, Florida's run game got stuffed as well. So while they, were, that was the better part of their offense. And that was um, what you could lean on. There was times last year where they couldn't lean on, uh, on that run game. So I need to see some more consistency and now you lose those Cyrus torrent. So you know, Florida's got some issues to figure out there up front. So uh, I do think Billy Napier learned a, a little bit. I I do think coming out of a year ago, kind of going behind the scenes, Anthony Richardson's spring game performance as well. There's probably too much put on Anthony Richardson. And I think that we saw it in the Utah game, game one, but then the very next week versus Kentucky, Billy Napier didn't dial it back. I think he thought Anthony Richardson would just get out of that funk and and make a play happen, and that play never came. Uh, So I do think he was putting a lot on the quarterback position last year, maybe a little too much confidence in Anthony Richardson. This year, I think he knows that there probably is some limitation with Grant Mertz. There is an offensive line that needs to be figured out on the right side. Uh, And so I I think in the combination of it all – Um, I don't think the deep ball is going to be there like it was with Anthony Richardson last year. So this is going to have to be, I think, something different we may see this year is getting those running backs involved in the passing game and a more short, quick passing game, because I'm not so sure this offensive line has proven right now that they can hang tough in the SEC and, and go block for a solid three, four seconds consistently. I know Florida
0: fans know about Mertz's background, but maybe the rest of the SEC doesn't know. This is one of the highest rated recruits to ever go to Wisconsin. Really, really big arm, really strong arm. Uh, just never quite as accurate as he needed to be. Uh, is he just a stopgap for this year? Is there a chance he loses the job? Is there a chance he has his best season? What are expectations for the quarterback position? And if if they're not answered, what, like is is it just another year where we're kind of going? You know what what's going on with the offense? Year two, Billy Napier.
2: Yeah, I hesitate on that just a little bit because yeah, all in all, I do think the offense was good. Last year, it wasn't excellent. Don't get me wrong; there were excellent moments, but it wasn't excellent. If if Florida has an average defense, we're probably looking at a eight, maybe nine win team with an average with, with an average defense. But that defense wasn't there. Uh, so, uh, but I do think if we, if we move forward, there are a lot of questions going into this year with Rose. Absolutely no question about it. And Brayden, I liking it too. To, well, the scary proposition for Florida right now is two things can be true at the same time. Look, The Wisconsin offense did Graham Mertz no favorites whatsoever. That, that doesn't mean he's a good quarterback. We, we still don't <laughs> know the answer to that. He still can be a bad quarterback in a bad system. So I do think, you know, can Billy and Napier unlock something here uh, with Graham Mertz? And, you know, uh, I do think he'll he'll play in play action a bit more. He excelled at play action at Wisconsin, and they barely ran it. It made no sense for a team that has run heavy as they are. And the <laughs> quarterback is successful in play action that they hardly ever did it. So I do think, you know, uh, he went through some coordinator changes at Wisconsin at, at the same time. I think it was three straight, mm-hmm. if I remember, something like that. So uh, how far does, the, 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 does that play into it? This is now going to be a different system, different offensive coordinator. If this run game can excel, the offensive line, give him time. I think he'll be okay. It's just – there cannot be too many times where the game is put on his shoulders. that That would be the worrisome part for me. He's going to need he's not the quarterback that's going to make the ten players around him better. He needs the ten players around him to make him better,
0: yeah, that's why there's an entirely new coaching staff in Madison, Wisconsin <laughs> right now. Um, but but there's no there's no competition, right? Like he's the guy. Like, I think so. I, yeah.
2: Don't get me wrong. I think it was a close. Competition, but, And that's probably a scary thing as well, because I'm not high on Jack Miller going, <laughs> going back to a year ago. Uh And uh I'm not putting the bowl game too much on it. I just went high on him yeah, yeah. all that much to begin with. Um uh, So it's a little more of a competition than I necessarily thought it would be. I do think it's Graham Mertz. uh And I think Florida's just kind of kind of ride or die with him uh, in this 23 season.
0: So Austin Armstrong hired as the defensive coordinator. This is a guy, the youngest coordinator, I believe, in all of college football. He's like a combination Vocally of like Jimbo Fisher and Steve Spurrier, he's already talked about growing up dressing like Spurrier. Like he says all the right things. He's clearly on a rocket ship in terms of his trajectory. Um, is this is this like high risk, high reward for Billy Napier in terms of what he's trying to accomplish with Austin Armstrong and how much faith do you have in, in a young guy his age, younger than both of us, uh, yeah. to to go in there and actually fix what is a major problem for the Florida Gators?
2: Absolutely. This defense has been uh, nowhere near what Florida fans have expected since 2020. I mean, you go back to the COVID year and it's just been a a terrible defense uh, to to that point. And yeah, now you're putting a a whole bunch on a young guy. Now, look, I, I do think there was going to be a natural progression going from year one to year two for this defense to be better. I do think that can be accelerated a bit with Austin Armstrong. Uh His demeanor, uh, you know, hype has been the, the key word with him coming in. And, and I think the, we saw it in the spring game a bit. Players have fed off of it a bit. I'm, go, I'm going to give a little bit of credit to Billy Napier in that spring game. He didn't call the dogs off. He let Austin Armstrong go out there and, and be aggressive as he wanted to. and, and He wanted his quarterbacks and his offensive line to kind of face that in, in that atmosphere. So uh, I, I credit that. And it wasn't just, you know, bringing five, six guys and blitzing and over, overmatching numbers-wise with a uh, w- with a defensive performance. It was using those famous terms right now: simulated pressures and creepers. And they were bringing four. You just didn't know which four were coming, and there was a lot of confusion for that that beat-up Florida offensive line in the spring game. And that had kind of been a theme throughout the the spring practices. They are going to be aggressive. They're they're not going to stand by anymore and you know let a p- pass happen and six, seven yards just. It happened way too much. It, too many plays were just given to an offense. I don't think you're going to see that with Austin, Strong, Austin Armstrong. That doesn't mean it'll be better, but it will be more aggressive. You will see players flying around the ball a bit more. But I do think Billy Napier he is putting a whole lot on his early tenure at Florida. Patrick Tony, he brought in as the first first time defensive coordinator at Louisiana. Brought him to Florida. There was not a lot of experience there. Yeah, you do have Corey Raymond in that defensive backfield who brings a ton of experience, a ton of SEC experience from his days at LSU, and now that translates to an even younger Austin Armstrong, who you know for all intents and purposes was kind of "quote unquote" maybe the defensive coordinator in waiting at Alabama when they hired him. Kevin Steele comes in from Miami. He may be the next guy to take over for Kevin Steele at some point, but. Even Nick Saban thought he needed maybe some time to learn, but Billy yeah. Napier says, "You know what? We're gonna we're gonna fast track it. He's gonna come be our defensive coordinator." And he learned under uh, Kirby Smart for 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 a bit. He was a defensive coordinator at Southern Miss the last two years. improved that defense, uh, but we know Patrick Tony did not translate very well in yeah. one year from Louisiana to Florida. Let's we'll see if Austin Armstrong can do the same.
0: Well, if, if you can sound any more like an SEC defensive coordinator, uh, then, and if he coaches like he sounds, then we're good. Then Florida's good good. to go. Exactly. Exactly. We're good to go. Um, all right. So roster expectation wise. And I guess the the question here is where's this roster at and what are reasonable expectations for Florida? They feel like a team that like is going to be, everyone's going to be sort of down the middle on in this, in SEC media days. And no one's going to have a strong feeling like dumpster fire or like they improve a lot and and it's going to feel like there are a lot of going to be a lot of people just going, ah, six and six, six and six. So where's the roster at? What are, re- what are expectations? But then how does that all match up with where the fans are at and what they want to see?
2: I do think most of the fan base right now has taken a step back for this year, knowing um, what they, I mean, this, you can still fault the staff for this a bit, a bit a little bit because of the reality of college football right now, the transfer portal, but they've tempered expectations a bit uh, at least after spring practice you know grand not excite a whole lot of people anyway uh, but after the spring and spring game performance that you know you, you didn't get any answers uh, there right. if you were looking for better answers uh, so i do think the there's been a, a timid approach Uh, for for this Gator team right now. And, you know, not a lot of excitement and still, you know, you got one receiver that you can necessarily count on right now, at Ricky Piersol. How far can a running game take you in a defense, as we've been talking about, that's been bad for a few years now? You know, what's going to be the improvement there? So, uh, Braden, you're right. I mean, I do do think this roster, as it sits right now, if you're going to be carried by an offensive line in a run game, you are probably looking at six, seven wins. How many more wins is a quarterback play worth? I I think that's where I sit with it. If Graham Burks goes out and has a good season, I can see eight wins. If he's what we mostly think he is, Florida's going to be fighting again for six and six, seven and five. So I, I do think a, a lot of this talent, you know, besides the transfers, a lot of this talent is young. Uh, the, some of their better players are still, young. your Trevor ET at running back here, yeah. your, your Shamar James on defense. They're still young. Uh, so I do think you compare that to, What we've seen at Georgia the last few years, Tennessee kind of maybe figuring their things out, South Carolina, the way they ended the season last year, Kentucky and and their quarterback there uh, with Leary coming in from NC State. So you start comparing them to to just SEC East, you know, you can see where Florida's going to struggle, you know, behind Georgia with games versus Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky that, you know, history says Florida had not struggled with, but lately – They have, and with questions on this roster, they're going to be fighting those teams.
0: Well, and I'll I'll say this to anybody who's willing to listen: this is as deep a middle class in the SEC as I can ever remember. There's a whole lot of eight and four teams in this conference that aren't going to finish eight and four. Uh, Missouri is going to be better, and Florida's had some weird ass games with Missouri over the years. Um, Let let me let me ask you about the permanent rivals, and then I'll let you get out of here, man. Um, I'm curious. I mean, obviously the cocktail party will be saved, and then I assume. From what I understand, Tennessee and Florida ideally will be protected. Uh, do you get a sense at, at who the fans want as their three permanent rivals? And do you get a sense
2: at who it's going to be? I think if the fans had their choice, Georgia, of course, Tennessee. LSU, just because of the weirdness and and ramping up, ramp, you know, how that series has just been ramped up lately, too. Um, but also... I mean, you throw Auburn in the mix, too, because of the old history there, you know, Florida right. and Auburn, that's Florida's second oldest rivalry behind Georgia, and that went away yeah. uh, with with some realignment there uh, in, in the early 2000s, so I, I gave you four there, that's kind of the four I'm hearing the most, you know, it's Georgia, of course, run away, uh, and then the other three that I mentioned are kind of, you know, filtered in there, but I don't, Auburn's not going to happen just because of their other permanents. You know, you can throw that one out of the window. I don't think LSU is going to happen either. Yeah,
0: LSU, LSU's not happening either. <laughs> yeah, so
2: that's so you're so you're losing. You know, those two games on a yearly basis. I think or Auburn, you know, for for a while anyway. Uh, so I do think right away you're looking at Georgia, Tennessee, and if not Tennessee, doesn't like South Carolina's name's coming up a good bit, and Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a name that's coming mm. up too because they're not finding a permanent rival for them besides Texas. Uh, but they do have a history with Arkansas and Texas A M, and but you start, you know, you, you go down a pathway and you start looking at why you can't schedule uh, the the way you want to. So uh, I know reports have come out and Ross Dellinger kind of has been on top of it as well. And what he had heard was Florida, their three opponent opponents would be Georgia, South Carolina, and Oklahoma. That's uh, you're, you're losing some yearly games that mean yes, a whole, whole lot to Gator fans if you can't play Tennessee every year and LSU every year.
0: Yeah, and, well, and I I'm curious too. Like, I don't have a problem with the big boys, quote unquote, in the SEC getting tougher schedules. You know, I mean, again, like Georgia, Oklahoma, and Tennessee, for example, is as one of the tougher schedules you could ever have. So I'm, I'm I always love watching fans react when they have like a quote like if it's Kentucky, for example, you know, in theory you should win that game a whole yeah. lot uh, against South Carolina. In theory, you should win that game a whole lot. So do fans want a quote unquote easier schedule or do they want the bigger batter schedule? Because, again, Dan Mullen would have gotten Florida into the 12 team playoff in his first three seasons, even with a couple of losses. So I'm always curious to watch fans react. So if it's Oklahoma, South Carolina and Georgia, how do the fans feel about that?
2: Ah, uh, not not great, just because of losing those rivalries and, and yeah. just because of, of toughness. You're playing a blue blood in Oklahoma. You're playing a blue blood in Georgia and uh, in, in a rising South Carolina team that's probably not going anywhere anytime soon. They're, they're going to be yeah. pesky, uh, you know, more so than, than they have been uh, just given their history. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough schedule, but if, but if you're Florida, you know, as you said, you're a big boy. If everything is right, yep. you're you're still fighting uh, for, for a spot there. So it's just about honestly get in Florida. Right. And you, you'll be in that conversation.
0: Well, and now you get to play Bama and Auburn twice every four years. And so yeah. like you're, you're actually going to play a whole lot more of these games anyway. So there it, you go. It, that's it that's out. part
2: of it. I'm trying to explain the fan base to, okay, I get it. I don't want to lose LSU and Tennessee either, <laughs> right. but you're going to play them every other year at least. So right, right. It's, it's not completely going away.
0: David, thank you so much, man. Of course, uh, does great work down there. We appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. We just talked with David Waters of Gators Breakdown. We appreciate his time. I still have no clue what to make of Florida. I don't know. I haven't. I learned a lot there. Their defense is a giant question. Austin Armstrong's the youngest coordinator in the history of Power Five football. And he sounds like Jimbo Fisher and Steve Spurrier had like a coaching love child, uh, which is amazing. I don't I don't think the quarterback position is particularly great. I think there's some nice young weapons, but like I have no clue. I have no clue. I learned a lot about Florida in the last 20 minutes, Aaron, but I don't I still don't have a clue what I think about their team this year. I think I'm probably going to pick them 6th in the East to go 6 and 6. Sixth that, in the,
1: that was a yes.
0: <laughs> is that is that the copiest of cop-outs?
1: Yeah. What's your East? You already you gave us your East order run.
0: SEC Media Days, man, and Athlon Sports, by the way, Athlon Sports preseason magazine's coming out like in the next couple of weeks, so we're going to do uh an actual We're gonna turn it around and you get to interview me on the rankings because those are coming out. Ew.
1: Those are coming around. Those
0: those are coming out soon.
1: They are. And we're gonna do, are we gonna maybe do that? We're gonna do a show in studio because I run a podcasting studio and we're sick of being on Zoom. (laughs) So we're gonna do that and maybe rate
0: rate, review subscribe.
1: And we will keep you posted on when. But yeah, Braden, bring your magazine. We did that last year with the magazine when it came no, out.
0: I, I think I think Vanderbilt um seven in the east, Georgia first in the east, might be the only two things I've decided on in the entire 14 team conference.
1: Besides That's Florida? It. Oh.
0: Maybe Florida at six in the east. Maybe. But I can make a very real case for Florida to be better than Missouri or South Carolina or Kentucky or Tennessee. I could also make a case that they aren't. <laughs> so maybe the Tennessee
1: may- and Kentucky thing would argument would be tough.
0: Yeah. Well, the game's in Florida. So, uh, yeah. I don't know when the last time the Tennessee team went down to Gainesville and won. So,
1: well, we'll find out what you think because you got a magazine coming out with your stamp on it.
0: Boom. And You're going we'll to talk about own those that drink and I will own I will own the rankings. I will own it. And if Did you, you have if... any
1: knockdown drag out fights with Lasso about <laughs> it?
0: <laughs> and if I don't like it I'll blame it on Steven.
1: Steven I bet Steven just like calmly and like controlled the long game wins the arguments. He's just like "Wait, well, well, I'd like to take some time to think about that actually." Yeah, yeah exactly and, how um, it
0: is. It's actually exactly how Can it we goes. like
1: take some time and go back to our each go back to our own quarters and really think on it and then come back together and then I bet he wins.
0: Well, but here's the thing: one of us has to have final edit, and it ain't me. So
1: <laughs> he's like, "Thanks for weighing in."
0: He he no he he's very gracious. We go back and forth, um, and and he takes this into account. I will say this: there is one team in the East that I am significantly higher on than he is, and
1: it's not is, South Carolina. <laughs> and
0: he has already admitted that he thinks he's too low on this team already because the magazine rankings are already done. And the magazine rankings are already out the door. It's being published. It's going to, or you can pre-order right now. Go to AthlonSports.com. But he's already admitted, like, oh, dude, Brayden, I think you're right. I think I was too low on them, and I think we might have picked the wrong winner in the West. But I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> Anyways, get your magazine anywhere magazines are sold. Pre-order, good Af- sell.
0: Athlonsports.com pick out the cover you want have it shipped directly to your uh, house and the SEC book when you order an SEC cover you get like extra pages so order one with an SEC cover obviously for all you great SEC fans out there Aaron where can people find you? oh nobody can hear you which is just the way we like it it's just the way we like it at the Aaron Dugan at Aaron underscore Dugan no don't turn it off now turn it off at Aaron underscore Dugan Uh, of course at 440 Sports at Braden Golf thank you all for listening thanks to David Waters for joining us Rate, review, subscribe. Check out the YouTube page as well. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, everybody.
1: Yeah.